Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. My name is Deborah Weinswig. I'm the founder and CEO of Corsite Research and your host for this week. I'm very honored. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with two retail executives who many of you know. They're really leading this industry with creativity, innovation, and a real digital first mentality. Joining me today are Alfred Chang, co-CEO of PacSun, and Bree Olson, president of PacSun. So we get we get two for one. Bree, Alfred, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having us, Sarah. So let's kick things off. We're in a challenging macro environment. We have a consumer who seems to have endless appetite for new and innovative experiences and products because they want to use those products as they are, you know, enjoying those experiences. Can you talk a little bit about any surprises you're seeing in terms of how consumers are behaving? And especially as we we look outside of, you know, kind of North America, if you can help us think about that as well. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having us. Um, so, yeah, so it is a challenging macro environment, as you stated, um, and I think it's driven by um, a lot of world events um, and different um, factors on the economy. Um, we know that has an impact to how the consumer um, spends in particular, um, and that's probably the largest impact. But underneath that, um, even as their wallets are being affected and their spending power is being affected, uh, we know that there's also um, things that recently have impacted how the consumer um, shops. Um, and um, you know, with a generational pandemic that we haven't seen in a while, that's definitely impacted how the customers behave the last few years. So if you look at the current environment, um, there's absolutely different things um, that are impacting um, their current uh, behavior, um, such as, you know, they haven't been able to do certain things the last couple of years, and that's impacts then now what they tend to spend their money on, um, even with a tougher macro environment. Uh, But as you stated, there's always newness. Um, There's always something that's going to drive what they choose to purchase, especially in terms of how they want to express themselves in terms of their overall lifestyle, and that really speaks to them. Um, so, you know, today, you know, the, based off of what, um, you know, fashion trends, uh, what they're planning to do today, maybe, you know, a year or two years ago, uh, definitely a larger push within the casual lifestyle wear um, as things were more situated at home, uh, potentially more in the backyard and the pool that influences the consumer. But our customer, though, uh, besides some of these physical influences, also greatly influenced by how they can express themselves in the digital world, in particular in social media and other forms of pla- uh, other platforms. Um, and this really, as we saw in the last couple of years, drove um, also some shopping behavior um, in terms of what they want, how they want to express themselves within the digital world. Fast forward to today, um, maybe their lifestyle changes a bit in terms of what they can do and socialize and participate in and travel uh, more nighttime activities. And we know those things have an influence in terms of what they choose to purchase from a category standpoint. Um, but even as all of those things are happening, that influences a bit uh, based off of what they're actually physically doing, as well as what they're doing in the virtual world, fashion's always moving, newness is always a factor. Um, and those are things that are driven by trend. Uh, driven by cultural influences. Um, And despite the macro environment, those kind of things are always, always evolving and moving forward. And that's something for us at PacSun that we spend an enormous amount of time. Um, That's what we're really based off of in in terms of understanding and being experts of this consumer. Um, And we continue um, to move along with where they're taking us. 
You know, it's, it's interesting. We're seeing, I would say, kind of your consumers where, you know, we at CoreSight are probably getting the most inbound questions because of how rapidly they're changing, you know, kind of how they're, they're being influenced and, you know, just kind of changes in, in overall behavior. You know, Bree, as you look at this, this consumer and, you know, kind of how they're consuming and where they're consuming, you know, we spend a lot of our time thinking about, right, new channels of distribution, whether it's quick commerce or live streaming or metaverse. And then, you know, they're buying online, picking up in store, you know, what's happening with returns. What are you seeing in terms of changes just in kind of almost more of the, the operation side of, of how their, their purchasing journey is, is beginning and ending? And, you know, one other question I'm going to fold into that is, you know, in the U.S., right, the consumer, I think just because there are in some ways less kind of sources of intelligence, it takes about four, if you will, interactions for them to convert. That compares to about 12 in China. What are you seeing in terms of, you know, what those areas of impact are to get them to convert? Thanks, Deborah. As the pandemic has certainly influenced our acceleration into digital, we've recognized at Pexen that we are catering to a fully digital generation. And I think some of the large shifts we're seeing with Gen Z are that they value access, community, and sustainability more than any other generation before them. And so some of the things that have remained constant for us as a brand are our focus on innovation, creativity, and authenticity. And youth culture is really at the heart of our brand voice. And so we are hyper-focused and have been over the last several years on that evolution of the consumer and staying relevant to them. And you're absolutely correct in terms of there have been significant shifts in terms of our evolving marketing strategies and how that impacts conversion and engagement across the consumer. And we've made important strides as we continue as a brand to explore alongside our consumer in this evolving digital landscape. Um, as a part of this, one of the we were one of the first brands to accept cryptocurrency. And we are also have been one of the first brands to offer Pexun branded product over a year ago on Roblox and have since launched several larger, larger gaming initiatives, including Pock World on Roblox, a virtual mall tycoon game, Pexun the game, and more recently, 3D clothing and acquisition of land in the sandbox. And so the types of tools that we're using from a marketing perspective are certainly shifting. Within those shifts, uh, we've also taken a much greater emphasis into TikTok, and we have seen tremendous strides in our consumer wanting new and exciting views into both virtual and in-store experiences. And so we've been catering to these digitally on social media via TikTok, Snapchat, and more recently with Discord. And examples of those would be unboxings, live streams, um, even, you know, a lot of focus from our creators who play such a critical role in our success on these channels and amplifying our brand voice on the platform. And it's really our creators who help to create that diversification of storytelling capabilities. You know, it's interesting. I uh, helped co-author a, an HBS case study on TikTok. And I know to deliver it twice a year to some, you know, just un unbelievable students and it's been interesting kind of starting there uh, to just see how, you know, kind of th this generation is thinking about kind of engagement and, you know, once again, going back to kind of some of the, the distraction at the same time, right, we have all these kind of not only new products, right, NFTs, you know, kind of virtual clothing, you know, access tokens and whatnot that are changing how we think about purchasing 
And then there's the the gamified aspect of that, right? If you think about, you know, kind of, you know, gap where they had like the four different drops and you put all the pieces together and you could, you know, you, you could have the opportunity to make a purchase of a you know, board Apes Yacht Club sweatshirt. And so we're, we're seeing kind of more complex, Alfred, ways to purchase. But I think this consumer is so sophisticated that they're really gravitating towards that. As you think about Web3, which, you know, I think as you think about Sandbox and, you know, kind of Decentraland and Axie and whatnot, which I think are really kind of more on the Web3 side, how do you think about, you know, the customer journey, customer lifetime value, and the products that you sell and the community you build? Because I think we're seeing some really interesting, and while it's early, that customer does seem to be quite sticky. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think um, as you describe Web3 in, in totality and, and the different areas that it's 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 manifesting itself, um, you know, for us, um, the first most important thing is to ensure that we continue to provide, um, you know, access points uh, that our consumer and our community expects. Um, and quite simply right now, it has been really where I think our overall community and our consumers um, absolutely understand and are participating or want to participate within what's described as NFTs. Um, I think in terms of the gamification world and the kind of what we would describe and, you know, that, that customer would describe as what they consider to be um, an evolution of gaming and going into metaverse in terms of the virtual world. End of the day, Roblox is, is, is a game, but it's also creating a whole nother universe and really being kind of that early form of what a metaverse is being described as. But I think in terms of Web three, um, and all of the uh, all the different tech, the, the technology that Web three um, provides, and this whole new world, and how things are going to be um, built, and um, how it's going to engage against this consumer, um, I think we're we're obviously still really early on. Um, right now, we're seeing NFTs. We're seeing gaming has has been around for so long um, that technology is helping evolve. Um, how that customer participates within gaming. Beyond that, though, in terms of where Sandbox is going um, and, and, and these different other forms of Web3, it is really still um, sitting within these, what I would say, very specific communities. Um, and these communities, you're absolutely right there, but they're so sticky um, and, uh, and, and they are so, um, you know, not just passionate, um, but there is a lot of innovation happening um, there's a lot of passion happening within there um, in terms of what they believe in. And these things are being being built by these communities in terms of where, you know, where Web3 is going to go and how they're choosing to utilize and participate within, you know, what the blockchain technology affords. And for us as a, as a brand and a retailer on our end, um, obviously, we want to authentically listen to this community. We want to understand what's happening within there and find ways of where then to our broader community, uh, we're going to we're we're excited to see where Web three is going to take us, and we want to make sure uh, we're participating in it authentically. Um, and um, and I think that's that's what we're all this excitement right now in terms of what Web three and NFTs and all of this that 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 you're hearing out there in news, and you hear kind of both sides around people believing you know this is um, just just a moment. It's not really going to develop into something that's um, going to be significant. Um, uh, in, in terms of uh, for our consumers in the world, but it it absolutely will be. Um, I think the question is going to be, we, we don't have visibility to where all the different use cases are, uh, but we absolutely know what's happening in these various communities. It's exciting. Um, there's going to be a lot more development 
Um, there's going to be a lot of things that don't don't manifest itself into something more significant and broad. Uh, but at the same time, there's so many different, um, uh, th- th- so much development and innovation that's happening in that space right now. Um, and we absolutely do think that that's going to continue to evolve and going to be significant to our customer. You know, it's interesting because there's, to me, there, there's this endless opportunity for learning. And I think, you know, whether it's just, you know, I kind of look at, uh, you know, discord and upstream in between those two, right? And, you know, upstream does a lot of, you know, phenomenal education that in these, these consumers, right, their, their degree of sophistication, right, it's exponential. It's not really arithmetic or even yep. geometric, right? Yep. And, and I think that that's what's so interesting is that they're, they're increasingly sophisticated really day by day. And I personally, I'm, I'm very involved in a lot of philanthropic organizations, Brian. So I, I really thought, you know, kind of before the DAO was kind of, you know, a decentralized autonomous organization was, was really kind of put together, I, I, sitting on the boards of a few charities, right? Kind of like, how can we come together, right? Each put in an equal kind of, you know, if you will, amount of money and have kind of an equal voice on, on decisions that were made, especially if these are, you know, I mean, hey, it could be, are we going to order pizza tonight? Are we going to order sushi? But but I I really think that in this generation, going back to what you said earlier, Brie, which, I th- which really resonated with me, right? This is a generation around access and sustainability. And I think that, you know, this, this authenticity, right? They really want to get behind what they care about. Have you looked at DAOs? And if not, is that on your roadmap? Along those lines, how are you helping your customer get behind what matters to them and have that be, you know, in conjunction with Paxson and I would say even further engaging them with the brand? Absolutely. A huge initiative for us is authenticity and authenticity can mean a lot of different things, but brand engagement today, albeit amongst our audience is largely predicated on authenticity and really the conviction and the value of true authenticity and building a community. And, you know, as we develop this emotional resonance with our audience as a lifestyle brand, really through our brand voice, it's both the Sun brand voice and all of the creators that we bring into our platform. And, you know, we've, we've leveraged it in a lot of ways as a social platform, as a voice for good. And an example of that for TikTok is last year, Emma Chamberlain did a TikTok on our platform and on her own. And she is one of the most authentic and influential voices for her generation. We've worked with her in both 2021 and 2022, but her focus for PacSun was actually on mental health and it yielded 82 million views. And that really brings the PacSun brand and the discussions that we're looking to engage our consumer with really beyond fashion, music, technology, and into more social movements and encouraging discussion and into inclusion and diversity. And as a brand, PacSun does choose to speak up in terms of what matters to our consumer what we believe, you know, the future for communities and and the social responsibility of the organization, those have been big pieces that as an organization, we have worked in terms of overall shift that affects both our brand voice, but also affects how the consumer identifies with a brand. Because, you know, for a lot of consumers in Gen Z, as we look, their value, they value community over brand. And that is a significant shift from a decade ago. And so as a brand, how do you build that voice? What are the different 
types of conversations you want to have with our with your consumer. And so that really ranges at PacSun from the collaborations that we do, whether it be with ASAP Rocky, Ryan Destiny, Storm Reed, Emma Chamberlain, or the partnerships that we do, um, whether that was with Corey Populous in Circulate Marketplace, which really is about you know, amplifying the opportunities for new emerging Black-owned brands. And you know, as, as we evolve and we think about also the philanthropic partners that we've chosen to work with, whether that be from STEM to the future or uh, Fashion Scholarship Fund, these are all moments that the brand is taking the opportunity to connect with the consumer in a much deeper way and begin those important conversations. And so I think absolutely as a brand, we have evolved our brand voice and have the, the responsibility and opportunity to connect with the consumer in much deeper ways than before. It's really impactful. And it's really kind of, I have to say, through having really known the brand well when I was a sell side analyst at City and just kind of having watched it evolve, not only, you know, once again, in North America, but globally, it, it is really this kind of, there is a meaning to, you know, for your consumer. And I do feel like they're engaging with the brand kind of earlier and earlier. And so I assume, Alfred, you, you've you got, you know, kind of the gen alphas already, right? It's not just the, the early gen Zs and the late gen Zs, but how are you finding that, that that generation is engaging differently? How are they spending differently? And with this movement towards circularity and really it's, in some ways it's beyond sustainability. I think it's, you know, it's taking, if you take better care of your clothing, right? You can, not only does it get a second life, no pun intended, but, you know, you can also utilize it for longer. So there, there are many aspects around kind of sustainability that I feel like the, the gen alpha generation is just, you know, kind of starting to look at, and you're already seeing it right in a completely different way. And the, the very, you know, kind of, let's call them the earlier Gen Zs. Along those lines, how are they expressing their values through what they wear, through what they buy, and then also how they buy it? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. I think our our connection has really grown with what we call kind of this next-gen consumer. We've really been focusing and putting a lot of effort into positioning the PacSun brand um, to be, you know, the, the lifestyle brand that's that generation and each generation thereafter, this next gen consumer says, this, this is a brand for me that's focused on me and represents myself um, the most and in the most authentic way. Um, and as we look at that positioning and we talk about today, mainly it's Gen Z, but even on Gen Alpha, uh, we know um, that that younger teen um, because of the information that's available and how they're engaging in the digital world, um, they're absolutely looking at how you know the brands that um, that uh, really represent um, their voice and what they care about, um, and the things like sustainability. You know, I, I think in 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 you know recycled clothing and what that means for them is is drastically different even than you know young millennials and a bit of Gen Z, and which is for them today as they're as they are in, in seeing what's happening globally. It's definitely, you know, not just something that's important, um, but it's moving from what was more of an important and an afterthought and a different driver to something that that actually does start to not just um, be a consideration on the end, uh, but something that impacts their purchasing behavior right from the very beginning. 
Um, and while I don't think in fashion is at an inflection point that, you know, the auto industry is clearly has been, and we finally arrived at in terms of the impact of how people feel about electric versus gasoline, the fashion piece is starting to move very quickly in terms of what, how they want to um, express the importance of, hey, what are companies doing um, from a sustainability standpoint? Um, how can I complete my wardrobe and my lifestyle and how can I express that and, and be able to have an impact in terms of understanding, hey, well, I, there's only so much disposable clothing that I need and how else can I participate um, in expressing that overall lifestyle and pick up the things that I love and I want. And I think that's still such a big driver, even for Gen Alpha and Gen Z, end of the day, um, they, um, people um, want to express themselves, they care about fashion, they care about how they look, but the complexity of how they can express themselves now and bring that to life uh, because of the different opportunities that technology has afforded them, um, that awareness level around the impact to the environment, um, how they wish to express that lifestyle, I think is so critical for brands, especially for us in terms of staying relevant with this consumer, that we're able to allow them to engage with us across those expectations. Um, and I think that if you're, if you, if you're not doing that, um, then you're going to quickly see that you can't claim that authenticity. And you're not a brand that represents them. So it, it, it's impacting um, how, how, how they're choosing um, um, to, to, to make those different purchases. So, uh, but that's, that's really been where our focus has been. Hello, Rethink Retail listeners. Get ready to mark your calendars because Future Stores is officially back in person in the beautiful city of Seattle, Washington. Returning to the Grand Sheraton Seattle from July 13th through 15th, Future Stores is the leading conference for senior retail executives in operations, design, digital, and technology. At Future Stores Seattle, you'll learn how leading retailers are integrating a hybrid approach into their in-store experience by balancing high-tech with high-touch. You'll walk away with actionable strategies for using store technology effectively, as well as educating your frontline associates and creating the next generation of store experience. Rethink Retail will be providing live coverage at the event and interviewing retail leaders at our media booth. I'll also be there moderating a live panel on how retailers can become the hybrid retail destination for today's connected consumer. Be sure to check out the link in the description of this podcast to learn more about the event and how you can sign up. We hope to see you there. That's incredibly interesting. I mean, as as I think about kind of right how they're expressing themselves to date, we have not seen, and I and I really just you know find it fascinating an unsuccessful retail NFT, right? We've seen some things in health and wellness and whatnot, but everything that's been done in retail has been kind of a, a smashing success. And when you talk to some of these younger customers, right, you know, they'll like take out their wallet, they'll show you. And it's, to me, what's so interesting is, you know, when you talk to them, they're like, you know, my clothes in my closet, right? When I leave my house, right? They're still in my closet, but I get to take, right? Like my NFTs with me, right? I can show you, I can talk to you about them and why I bought them and whatnot. And and it's really interesting how they're looking at the acquisition of, of virtual goods. And you know, even if they're they're clipping their avatars or whatnot, but even just, just having this kind of 
ownership in a, you know, in a, in a unique way. And especially if there's any kind of, you know, access token, right. You know, you can get, you know, get in line earlier or whatever it might be. And, and Brie, as you start to think about how you advertise, how you market, you know, this, some of these changes around where you're spending and, and how you use data for that. Can you just kind of help us frame that? Because I, once again, I think that Paxson has been so early in so many of these things, and especially from a data-driven decision perspective, I think it's, you know, we we really kind of stood back in awe during the pandemic at just how decisions were made and the success that you had. Absolutely. I would say one other piece to add to the conversation and some of Alfred's points is over the last 18 months, Paxson did make the strategic decision to engage a younger consumer. And so we launched our gender fluid, fully gender fluid PacSun Kids uh, capsule and collection that caters to kids starting as early as age four, stretching all the way to age 14 and really allowing the consumer that had such a, 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 a large appetite to be able to get into the brand sooner to have that access to the brand. And as I mentioned, our kids brand was designed with no gender barriers. So completely fluid shot on both genders um, and really with no distinction. And that has really resonated in the market. And we've seen tremendous success um, inclusive of participation from some key wholesale partners. And so engaging with the younger consumer and working with, you know, the sweet spot of age eight or age 10 is really where a lot of the metaverse work and our thoughts and strategies around why does it matter for Pakistan to be in the metaverse really evolved is from the young children who don't see a large differentiation between physical and virtual goods in terms of the value that they create for them. And so if they believe that that value is equal, we really understood that as we were evolving as a brand, an important piece of community connectivity, but also virtual goods needed to come from this virtual evolving space. And so it was really exciting to host those focus groups and speak to these younger consumers. And we really view our audience as the cultural pioneers of the future because they are moving at such a rapid rate. And NFTs to them do carry significant value. And we've seen tremendous response from our initiatives in the digital space, starting with Roblox virtual clothing, the engagement on the Roblox games, and really how the consumer is starting to think about their identity and those blurred lines around your identity in the physical world as it evolves into your identity as you're connecting with friends, socializing, going to school, engaging kind of across all of those platforms in this decentralized space and how you interact and what your avatar and identity of your avatar means and the importance of those virtual goods. And that has really led us um, to some important unlocks as we thought about our evolving NFT strategy, as we thought about our evolving footprint in the digital space and in the metaverse for sure. Yeah, it's fascinating. One of my uh, really good friends who is also the the founder of a large and growing startup. We we were talking last night, you know, as, as one dreams at like two or three in the morning, you know, as as, as we've had a, a long day of work. And she's like, you know, I really want to start a brand when I retire. And I'm like, 
we should do it together. And so it was fascinating as we talked about kind of what was very important to us. And, you know, of course, the first word out of our mouth was sustainability. And I, you know, I said, I've been thinking a lot about this, right? If we were to do, because of course now we're already like doing it, right? If we were to do something around gender fluidity, right? So if you just have like one line of clothing and, and, and also I think it should be right, very size, you know, kind of inclusive as well. And this, this idea of, right, could be, you know, zero to 50, whatever it might be. And maybe everything's not carried in the store. Some of it's online at both ends of the size spectrum, just to, you know, kind of really maximize the in-store kind of footprint. But if we, if we do more in gender fluidity, is there, Alfred, an idea that, that we can utilize our inventory in a, let's just say, in a more efficient way? And what else are you seeing in terms of, you know, this, this idea around how this consumer is shaping the, you know, kind of really the, the whole journey, right? Shopping journey of the future. Where are you starting to pick up efficiencies in process, you know, in process? And then where are you also having to invest maybe where you hadn't expected in order to maintain their intention and also drive conversion? Yeah, so I think in the, on the first part of your question in terms of gender fluidity, I mean, again, um, you know, for us, um, you know, r- really being able to not just develop product, but speak to it, um, change the, the sh- our shopping experience, it really, again, is driven from the consumer and how they've, um, what, what they're not only expecting, but how they view themselves and view their, their, their generation and, communi- uh, and, and community, which is, um, that um, we, we, in terms of identification and how that continues to evolve, um, is there's different expectations around it now. Um, and it's really driven by that in terms of the opportunity around gender fluidity, and that's how we look at it. Um, and I think part of all of this is, you know, ever is to be, you know, anything of this, you know, whether sustainability or whether, you know, sustainability has some more technology and there's some aspects to that. But when talking about gender fluidity, it's really about expression um, and, and it's so important to be authentic within that area. So for us, to be really honest, um, our gender fluid strategy is really driven by the customer. It's really driven by how they're choosing to express, how they expect to shop and how they express, express, expect apparel or other um, you know, accessories to, 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 to come together on it. Um, we, we haven't looked at that as some sort of operational um, um, process or opportunity um, that then helps to um, necessarily impact and um, uh, impact and reduce assortment size, or how do we how do we leverage that from an operational standpoint? Because uh, you know, one of the things is as as much as you know, we've seen um, the customer continue to evolve, and we we, we talk about sustainability, we talk about um, you know uh, size inclusion and gender fluidity. Is it's still about self expression? Um, and this generation and Gen Alpha, um, absolutely, um, still there is um, there's so much to be excited about. In fact. We actually believe now, you know, in terms of looking at this time period relative to and what's coming within the last couple of years, next couple of years, is that you know we're we're decades away from you know hey you know, uh, um, the idea of you know everybody wears um, this denim jacket, um, and in fact, what we're seeing much more of is that there are um, you know so these there's so many variety of communities different ways of coming expressing themselves, um, different trends, passions. Um, and some of those rise up to become um, ones that the whole world grabs onto, but there's actually so much more going on on that. So in fact, um, I think, you know, to be really honest, 
uh, continue staying authentic and relevant, we really actually see that there is uh, more diversity uh, within uh, assortments. And, and gender fluidity is absolutely one of those things that we have to represent authentically. Um, from a from a, from a, you know, hey, process efficiencies um, and um, you know where we believe the opportunities are, um, it really still is driven by technology um, and where technology is going to help. Um, and I think that's one of the things about it is it doesn't really change what the customer wants. Technology um, advances how that product can one uh, manifest itself, but two, also technology helps. Uh, with how they can engage with that product, how they can purchase that product. Um, and then that continues to move forward. I think that's where we have to find uh, more and more um, efficiencies, really leveraging technology in terms of what it's been able to do in terms of currently on our web platforms, in terms of how social media is evolving, uh, but also um, looking forward, as we talked about before, how Web3 is going to really help uh, some of those touch points. That's incredible. I mean, you know, always having the analyst hat on and, and trying to think about dollars and cents and, and maybe, you know, it's we're, we're finding those kind of pockets in, in different areas. I had done a big research project around gender fluidity because it was an area that we thought there was a lot of this is, jeez, uh, this was like five years ago already. We felt that there was a lot of opportunity and, and we started to meet with some resistance at that time, as you can imagine. And we dove into and actually came up with 26 different genders, which, you know, when we were presenting that to senior leadership teams, they, they really took a step back. And what we were able to do is start to, you know, kind of, it was really interesting, right? In Minecraft, right? You know, you kind of identify yourself, right? You know, there, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll have a flag in your, your house. And so we started to show this to a lot of executives and they're like, wow, we just, we really didn't understand, right? Kind of just how consumers were identifying themselves, how important this was. And I think sometimes some of this, this learning process, right? If, if you're not living it every day, right? If you are, you know, I would argue that that's kind of everybody's consumer now, but sometimes I think, you know, even at the C-suite level, you have an idea of who your consumer is, but I think that, you know, consumers are changing at a pace, unlike anything we've seen. I mean, a lot of the research that, that we've been writing recently is that between the years 2022 and 2026, we'll see as much change as we have in the past hundred years. And a lot of that, Alfred, is driven by, you know, things that, you know, you've just mentioned, especially around kind of, you know, if we think about AI and where, where we are and, and where, where we can go. And I think that, you know, kind of blockchain, you know, technology, this ability is, as I've spent a lot of time in supply chain, right. You know, just understanding kind of, right. The question that, you know, I'm sitting in a, in a conference room, people will be like, where's my stuff, right? Like the yeah. consumer says it, the C-suite says that, right. And, and I think this ability, right. Because if you know where your stuff is, Without, I, I never like to point fingers, but right, there have been some announcements recently from some very large retailers who, uh, and I've been in some of those warehouses, right, where there's a lot of stuff because some of it was in factories, some of it was in containers, and it all came in at the same time. And now it's like, wow, we've got a lot of stuff and we have to think about kind of how to move through that. There is a sustainability aspect there because I do believe people buy things not because they necessarily wanted to, it was more around price that if you don't love it, you won't take care of it in a way that I think is is really critical to the environment and extending the life of that garment. And so, Bree, as we think about this, this consumer and this technology and just how much is coming at you and at the management team, how are you guys making decisions on what technology solution to focus on first? Because if we think about it, right, we, I mean, even today we've, read, we've talked about live streaming, metaverse, NFTs, crypto, blockchain, 
supply chain, right? Data, data intelligence, AI, deep learning and whatnot. And how do you focus and how in a world where I think everyone's so distracted, Paxson has done such a great job of staying focused. What's, what's the secret sauce, Brie? I think our teams and leadership move quickly and we lead as a brand with innovation at our core and we understand the importance of authenticity. And so in many ways we are consumer led. And so we gravitate towards, you know, the channel that's going to be most impactful to the consumer. And I think our team's innate understanding of the digital world, how it's constantly evolving, an overall um, brand vision that accepts exploration, challenging, making mistakes, learning from them, because that's part of moving quickly, but also being very strategic, but really an in-depth understanding around Gen Z. It, it, it has to come naturally to our teams. There has to be a constant desire, and there is a constant desire from our teams to kind of disrupt the space and to move quickly and to think about things in a different way. And so even when we're tasked with picking product or creators, we really have to think about our brand voice. What is going to break through? What's really special to the consumer? How can we elevate the next generation of premium product and quality design and partner with creators, whether it's Emma Chamberlain, Storm Reed, ASAP Rocky with his Mercedes collection, going beyond just the initial partnership and really figuring out how does it channel all the way through? What digital aspects are important? Paxson recently participated in Complex Land. And so, you know, that's kind of a virtual festival of everything that we're talking about, uh, showcasing NFTs, virtual shopping. And I think an overarching and led by Alfred and Mike, really an overarching, you know, brand vision around that creativity, innovation, and the ability to constantly try new things is critical to our success. I would also say that Paxson takes a very integrated approach to the metaverse and all new initiatives where it impacts all functions. So we have not created standalone functions in these areas to go after specific trends because we try to really approach it from this is an overarching shift happening generationally and something that is going to impact our business long-term, we make it a key strategic focus and it becomes a part of everyone's jobs. And so we really embrace these shifts in a more holistic way when it comes to everyone's roles. That's incredibly helpful. Alfred, I'm going to kind of close with the last question to you and uh, we'll, we'll make it a, an impactful one. So as we think about, I sit on several boards and ESG, and I, I'm always on the audit committee since I uh, was formerly a CPA. And uh, so at this point, somehow we've been tasked with um, ESG and depending where you reside, ESHG with H being for health and, you know, mental health. As, as you think about your employees and, you know, so much of what they've been through and are going through right now, where, right, still so many people are working from home, right? Retail was so unique in my opinion and wonderful at retail. And as we've seen this phenomenal surge back to the stores, which I think, you know, has exceeded, I said on the board of read has exceeded all expectations, which has just been so great. The, because, well, from a sustainability perspective, right, we see many fewer returns when purchases are made in stores, as you can see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. But as you think about your sales associate, 
how are you kind of either changing your kind of approach, your community? That's number one. Number two, as I know live streaming is, you know, kind of very much front and center in terms of what's critical in the future and right now for PacSun, how are you, you know, kind of professionalizing the the role of the sales associate and maybe kind of extending their their career at PacSun? And then lastly, as you you think about the H and ESHG and just how much you know people have been through, can you talk about some of the resources that are available? And, you know, what's unique in terms of the approach that Pakistan has taken to the employee? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, uh, I, I think we should think about, um, you know, our sales associates and, and, and having uh, gone through um, kind of the ups and downs and just, you know, the dramatics of the last couple of years and going from, you know, um, entire store closures, everything to digital to then, um, you know, stores reopening and then also the safety aspect of things. Uh, you know, primarily the first, first thing that we really want to do is how do we operate in a safe environment for our associates? Um, and that really has been a lot of our efforts in the previous um, year and a half. Uh, but since then, I think one of the things that is, is incredibly important um, in this kind of hybrid mode, as well as things being more digital, uh, people working from home, um, having an organization that not only has, um, you know, a, a corporate entity, but has thousands of associates out in the physical space every single day, um, as well as then a distribution center uh, with a large amount of associates, um, you know, working in, in an operational environment. Um, safety has been paramount, number one, but trying to find that in terms of how do we how do we allow them to, you know, continue to perform um, in a safe manner and navigate through this time frame. But also, I think one of the things we learned is that, you, you know, the different than before is how, how do we stay connected with each other? It, it is it's 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 a large operation. You throw on the complexity of now work from home. Um, you throw on having to deal with some new, new, new things in terms of safety. And we, we, we learned early on. And one of the things we wanted to do was to be able to, again, uh, be able to connect with our associates, uh, speak transparently with them, try to really put ourselves in totality in terms of what we're all experiencing and be able to be able to send physical things to them, be able to have uh, more touch points, uh, more communication, um, you know, because staying connected, as you heard Bree, so <laughs> a great job in terms of describing how, you know, what, what really drives our brand, um, our associates, our family, our, the, the employees, they're, they're the heart of it. And, you know, with us so focused on what our brand's about, you know, that, that connection piece was so, so incredibly important. Um, and that really has been a lot of our efforts internally in terms of how do we stay connected, how do we stay together, stay focused on the common goal, and, and really look out for each other uh, during a time where I do think we've all had to experience a lot more ups and downs, a variety of things we weren't used to dealing with before, um, and probably a little bit more fragmented um, due to the whole work from home and remote work situation. Um, I think then kind of you, you fast forward to, um, you know, from, a, from an ESG standpoint, ESG H standpoint, you know, look, uh, we we really have treated mental health, um, particularly from the fact that if you look at our consumer and our target consumer, um, you know that is um, you know equally um, not just a topic, uh, but something that I think the awareness level has greatly grown, and and it's necessary that it has grown in terms of the the, the issue of mental health. 
and how prevalent it is, um, how impactful it is, it, it, particularly amongst our, our, our target consumer and which, which our sales associates in our stores, um, we, we really look at them as, and we always talk to them as they, they are our consumers. They are the best of our consumers. And that really, you know, who, who our sales associates are in the stores today are, 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 are one and the same. Um, and they themselves, um, you, know, all, you know, the same messages that we put out there um, we really have, you know, as a lifestyle brand, we have to not just be about uh, as we sell apparel and that's and accessories. And that's a that's a it's that's such a, a important part of how that lifestyle is expressed. But the other part of it is the platform, the brand that we've created, that it makes it a lifestyle brand because not just because of the, the product that we sell, but also what we stand for and the messaging, um, the resources that we put out there. Uh, Brie talks about the creators and influencers, you know, in terms of our, you know, um, in the past couple of years, not just creators and influencers um, that, that uh, look great in clothing, but creators and influencers that absolutely have expertise and care about mental health, care about the things that our consumers care about and our social associates care about. And one of the best things that, you know, came out of um, the last couple of years um, was um, really two parts around our social associates. One that there was tremendous amount of feedback in terms of how connected they felt and how relevant they felt the content was to what they were experiencing and therefore our consumers were experiencing. We really wanted to make sure that we continue to stay authentic and relevant. We started Pack Talks, which really uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't a live stream um, to simply say, here's a cute top and some great looking jeans. Pack Talks is a live stream really about connecting with our customers and our sales associates around topics that matter to them. Um, that were a part of their lives and how we could also be a platform and resource to bring some of the, that expertise and hear people talk about talk about the issues that they're facing or provide new perspectives around diversity and representation. And that was a huge part of, again, how to connect. And then the second piece, as we talk about our sales associates and how we've expanded um, their, their participation is, is even more direct. Um, one of the things that we, we're um, in the last couple of years that Brie and her team have really worked on is if our associates are best of our customers, they're consuming this content, they're creating this content. There's nothing more authentic uh, than content that really comes out of um, you know, thousands of sales associates that are living this lifestyle, um, expressing what they care about, not just in clothing, uh, but in relevant social topics. And um, they, you know, we've really been able to expand how they participate amongst our social channels and again, be able to allow them to utilize our platform. Um, so it's not just, you know, people that are external um, that we bring in onto the platform to talk about these topics or, or present new ideas. It's also our sales associates, um, thousands across the country, um, best of our customers. Um, and those are things that absolutely then help to create even more of an authentic kind of what we talk about community. Um, it's not in you know, a community involves our customers, involves our associates, um, it's all of us together, um, really being able to express against this brand. Uh, so that's uh, that's a that's a bit about um, you know how we've done some things to really incorporate our associates, how we look at some of those things, and yeah, and we 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 expect that to continue to evolve and we continue to grow um, how we can engage um, our associates across the whole country. That's fantastic. So first of all, Brian Alfred, I. I can't even tell you how I, I probably could talk for another hour or two. Just, I feel like we just scratched the surface and, you know, really the organization, this, you know, 
kind of rethinking, you know, taking the time during the early days of the pandemic to take a step back, think about who your customer is. I love this idea on the culture of pioneers of the future, number one. And then as you're thinking about their their identity in the physical and virtual world, and you know, I have like an avatar, and for those of you who know me, I'm like all five feet tall, but like one of my avatars is like a six feet tall you know, blonde haired, you know, male. And I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, there's this, there's this like, you know, kind of strength that, you know, on, on those days when maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not that strong. That's, that's the avatar I'll choose. Third, I think your point around recycled materials mattering even more. I've heard that from very few retailers. I think that that is really insightful. And I do once again, think that, you know, this, this younger customer is, is focused even more there. Uh, fourth, the comments around gender fluidity and the reasoning behind that. I think it's fantastic to have product for the age, you know, kind of four to 14 or size four to 14. And as that customer is, you know, going, it certainly has spent through a lot over the past few years. And I think trying to figure things out and giving them that safe space to do that, I think is, is really meaningful. Um, on sustainability, I mean, I think we could, we could spend an entire hour there, but but really being first and, and foremost. And then this idea around kind of diversity in the assortment. You know, it was interesting, Alfred, your your answer to my question around kind of cost savings. It wasn't what I would have thought, but this idea that, right, kind of being tech enabled and looking at tech first, which, you know, can, first of all, you can have fewer tech solutions, you can have them, you know, interoperable and, you know, having definitions that you share with the industry so that, you know, you're giving back in a way that everyone is then, you know, kind of utilizing the the same tools for the same purpose. It, it really can do so much. And I, I know that that's a, an area that you guys have spent some time on. The, the brand voice, um, I think is, you know, resonating and, you know, through all channels. And then lastly, I, I do think I've always thought of Paxson, my, you know, for my, my entire analyst career as a, as a lifestyle brand. And I think that that's even more important now. With your focus on not only the consumer, but you know, obviously your employees are consumers as well, and how you take care of them and how you can communicate to them, reducing turnover and once again expense, but also really having these brand advocates and brand ambassadors, you know, whether they're in your stores, whether they're online or you know, kind of wherever they might be, I do think that you've really laid the foundation for you know this new direction of retail. I. I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today, but also I just want to say congratulations because it really is a, a challenging environment and to try and find your own brand voice and then to have your customer be able to re- have that, you know, resonate with them. It's uh, it's really quite heroic. So congratulations and I wish you much success. Thank Thanks, you so Deborah. much. Deborah. Really enjoyed our session today and, and I really appreciate the uh, thoughtful questions. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.